As Robert said earlier, our Gospel reading today comes from the Gospel of John. We read from chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in Him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that everyone who believes in Him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Those who believe in Him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light, and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's a line in one of my favorite songs that sticks out. Oh, the things people will do for the ones that they love. You don't need to know the song to understand the sentiment, though I'm happy to share share it with you later if you'd like. You know that we do amazing things significant, powerful, and meaningful things for those that we love, right? The reason, of course, is that love implores us to act. Love demands that our heart and our soul connects, and then love compels us to match the things we feel on the inside, the emotions that we feel, with the actions we express on the outside. I think that is why on the simplest of levels, birthdays, anniversaries, even Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day. They're so significant. They're significant because there are these moments on those days, during those times, when we give ourselves permission to freely, outwardly express, without fear or consequence, the things we feel on the inside. I have a friend who reminds me regularly when we talk that we need to tell each other that we love one another. We need to say it. We need to be sure that we say it so that, that you know. We do this with our family. We do it with our spouses, our partners, our children, our relatives, our extended family. And we need to keep doing it there. But we need to do it with our friendships too. Because in our friendships, it's important to mark with fidelity and integrity the feelings we have on our inside with the expressions on the outside. And I like that word fidelity. Not just integrity, but fidelity. Because integrity does match the inside with the outside. But fidelity, in a way, in my head, seems to match the inside and the outside with faith. 
a, a faithfulness to what we believe on the inside and what we express on the outside. And I do think that's what John's passage, John's writing calls us to today. It calls us to match the inside with the outside. Now when I first read this passage, when you first read this passage and and your your mind lands on John 3:16 questions come up like do you believe do you believe that God so loved the world do you believe that whosoever will can be saved do you believe that all it takes is to respond to God in prayer when you heard me read John 3 14 through 20 or 14 through 16 you knew those verses well but too often we just stop reading after verse 16 because those are the familiar ones those are the ones that talk about what God does for us those are the ones that we rest in with confidence those are the ones that just call us to belief in Jesus life and death and resurrection. But when you turn over to the next page, and in my Bible it happens to finish on the next page, we see that there are implications to our belief. We face the reality that that there are outcomes to our belief where there needs to be We need to face the reality that how we act and engage with one another and with the world is undoubtedly a reflection of the inner life that we hold true. So the question becomes not just, do you believe? But do you believe that people love darkness more than light? Do you believe that if you believe in the light... Your deeds will reflect that. And that your deeds will be done in God. As the passage finishes. As important as belief is. If we truly believe our lives must reflect it. Now what's interesting is this passage starts with a really odd, obscure reference from Numbers chapter 21. Any Numbers chapter 21 scholars out there today? I, I am not one. But in Numbers 21, the people complain. Then the Lord sends poisonous serpents. People get bit by the poisonous serpents and then they die. And then Moses goes to God on their behalf and the Lord says, make a serpent out of bronze and hold it up on a stick so that when the people look to it and believe that it has the power to heal them, they will then not die from their serpent bites. It's such a strange story that I would completely ignore were John not to have not written Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Again, an obscure reference we usually just slide over. 
But despite the oddness of the passage, the implication in verses 14 through 16 is that when God lifts up something with the power to heal, like a symbol in the desert, or like Christians looking up at Christ with His arms open on a cross, then there's the opportunity to be healed. So long as you believe that the thing you are looking to has the power to heal you. That's where belief is important in this passage. But John moves beyond belief. John makes it clear that after belief, something must happen. And as John relies on imagery of dark and light throughout his whole gospel, he brings up the inner imagery of darkness and light today to draw important distinctions. First, to believe in the power of Jesus is to be a child of the light. Borrowing from other parts of the scriptures, we remember that light shines in the darkness and the darkness doesn't overcome it. That Jesus is the light of the world and that Jesus' light in the world is further spread, emitted, reflected, and shown by the deeds of those who tie their loyalties to Jesus and the light. So if you believe, if you truly believe, you will be one who reflects the light of Jesus' love and power and grace and forgiveness. On the other hand, not everyone who knows the story about Jesus believes and chooses light. Some choose not to believe and choose darkness instead of light. For this reason, judgment comes upon those whose, dark, whose, whose darkness hides their evil. So, to reject belief and to reject the light is to be a party to darkness and to reflect evil deeds. It's fairly simple. It makes a lot of sense. Although it doesn't let us off the hook, it raises the bar high for us. Because it demands that our belief match our works. Now there have been time, times in the life of the church where we've disconnected belief from works. Martin Luther, one of the reasons we're in a Baptist church today instead of in a Catholic parish. Martin Luther, the, the 15th century monk, criticized the book of James because it was all about works, he said. Of course, he's preaching in opposition. He's writing and speaking and teaching in opposition to a Catholic church at the time that was corrupt and was, was, was really basing so much of what people could do on the works they did and the money they spent with the church. But he, he rejects that. And it's tempting to just say, we're just going to believe But, but what we know is true is that what we believe becomes an outgrowth of how we live and move and have our being. What gets left off, what Luther misses or what Luther overreacts against is that the outcome of belief and the outgrowth of a real deep faith is not just that you say you believe 
but that the way one lives is a reflection of what you actually believe. It's easy to say by faith alone, and it's true to say that it is by faith alone we are saved. We cannot work our way into salvation. But the reality we must face is that a faith worth having, a faith worth anything, must be connected to how we put that faith to work in our lives. How that faith is expressed through us and not just through our mouths. It's good to say we believe in the Lord, but if nothing changes in our lives, it's only as good as the words we say. And beyond the simple statement, what we believe on the inside should reflect what we live on the outside is a harsher reality, which is that which we do truly believe on the inside is reflected by how we live on the outside. What we believe on the inside is reflected by how we live on the outside, which leaves James to say, show me your faith without works. That's fine. I will show you my faith by what I do. Because what I do is a reflection of what I believe. Happy or sad, good or bad, like it or not. Therefore, one of the one of the things that people who try to help us with our lives, one of the things that our counselors will tell us or our financial planners will tell us is if you want to know what's important to you, look at your checkbook and your calendar because the things that are most important to you, you make time for, you spend money on. Those are outward expressions of your inward belief. So, do you believe? Maybe some of us need to look at our checkbooks and our calendars to see. Although, you know, you're the ones who are here today, so I'm not being too hard on you. But it is a fair question to always ask ourselves. So we reset. Do you believe? Do you believe that God so loved the world? Do you believe that whosoever will can be saved? Do you believe that all it takes is to respond to God in prayer? Beyond that, based on the life you are living, if others were asked the question, do they believe? Does he believe that God so loved the world? Does her life reflect that someone, does her life reflect that she has been saved and responded to God, and that the fidelity of her life is expressed both inwardly and outwardly? Maybe those are the real questions. On the Sunday after Easter last year, and on the Sunday after Easter every year, we read the story of Thomas, who walks into the upper room where the disciples are hiding, and they tell him, hey, we've seen the Lord, this is great. And he looks around at him and says, then maybe in his head, then why are you still locked up in an upper room? Sure, if Jesus is resurrected and is walking around post-resurrection, it is something to be seen. 
It is something worth holding out for, but it is fair for us to ask the question, if Jesus had shown up behind locked doors, why were the disciples still hiding? Their outward actions did not yet reflect their inward belief in a way that reflected the fidelity that they claimed that they had. And so no wonder Thomas says, I'll believe it when I see it. Right? And the implication for us, as we consider the deeds of darkness and light, is that if someone walks into our lives, is there fidelity and integrity between what we believe we say we believe and what we reflect that we believe. Our actions, the way we live and we move and have our being are connected. They must be. They are. If they're not, then we're living a life inconsistent with who we claim to be and therefore in that way our faith and our works must be intimately connected. Your faith guides your works. What you do can nurture your faith and open you up to new experiences and what you experience can deepen your faith. Those two are so intimately connected that we do not, most of the time, have to ask you what you believe for we see it in your life. We see what you believe by how you live and move and have your being. And so this morning I ask you and I hope you ask yourself, Do we believe? Do I believe? Do you believe? And as important as that answer is, do others see that I believe? Do others know that I believe? Am I reflecting the belief that I have? I pray today for all of us that our belief will be expressed not just with the words that we say or where we spend our Sunday mornings, but that through an integrity and a fidelity throughout all of our lives, we all will say, yes, we do believe. And others will see that as well. Will you pray with me? A loving God, as a church full of faithful people on Time Change Sunday, we gather And from the Gospel of John have our deeds questioned. Asking ourselves, do we believe? Lord, does our life reflect that we believe? Lord, we're all here. We all say yes. But help us to see this question not not just one of judgment, but rather of, of one of challenge of, and of encouragement that forces us to again face you and seek the ways that we can follow you more faithfully. Lord, help us to see this as a way that we can hone our faith and learn more about you and grow more in you. And then, Lord, share the love you have for us with others who need it also. Because your love is good. Our belief is what holds us together. It's it's what brings us together and it's what helps us to take shape and form and bring light and goodness to this world. And so Lord, help us in our belief so that we might help others see your light and your love as well. 
Lord, thank you for meeting us here today. Thank you for bringing this word to us. Lord, and help us to know of your help in it as we seek to follow you faithfully today. It is in your name we pray, dear Lord. Amen.